I'll tell you. In all my years, I never seen, heard, nor smelled an issue that was so dangerous it couldn't be talked about. Hell yes, I'm for debating anything. Rhode Island says yes. Fritzcast, we have a, uh, something something a little special. Um, for the first time on Fritzcast, I've had a a panel of guests. I had three guests today, all from the Sound Mind Creative Group. These guys, uh, John Allen and Matt, I believe. The reason I say that is because those are all pseudonyms. Those are all they're 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 fake fake names. Um, these guys are actually. Uh, documentarians. They're they're working on this documentary that they're calling "Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty." And because of today's toxic environment and all that, which we get into a discussion about, they explain why they're choosing to um, uh, credit themselves more as the group and have these pseudonym names and all that. And we, so we talk a little bit about that, but we talk about a lot of the work that they're putting into this documentary and uh, and what their plans are and the help that they're looking for both uh well financially but also from actual people who have been inadvertently affected by the pandemic uh losing their businesses losing their jobs losing their homes because these are these are the the aspects that are glossed over when we talk about you know oh the pandemic yes there was lockdowns but the government took care of everybody they didn't they didn't take care of everybody that's the problem so uh, these guys joined the program today for the first ever multi-guest episode of Fritzcast, and uh, so it's going to look a little weird because they were doing, you know, they were keeping a shroud of, of anonymity. I'm on video. They pop up with just those little icon. The, the, the screen fills up with just a blank icon when they talk. Uh, I thought about trying to splice up and figure out maybe there's a workaround that we could do. Uh, for this to make it fun, but due to, you know, time constraints, it's just me running the podcast, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm I taking the L on this one. It's not interesting to look at, uh, but the content and the discussion is very, very much uh, an important one. So, with that being said, the, the links and uh, contact information for these guys are going to be in the description below. 
and I implore you check it out. Look at uh, look at the trailer that they've put together, and really, you know, if you've been adversely affected by the by the pandemic, if you've uh, uh, if you've suffered at the hands of this thing, um, or if you're just somebody on the liberty spectrum, like like I am, and, and other people who watch this show are. Then uh, and you just want to reach out and contribute to help them put together this this I think important piece of work. Then do so absolutely, uh, and then I'll catch you on the flip on the flip side on the end of the show just to drop the links and everything, and uh, you know talk about next week's guest. So get ready, tighten your seatbelts. Sound Mind Creative Group right here, right now on Fritzcast. All right, I'm here with my guests from the Sound Mind Creative Group. Gentlemen, joining me is uh, John, Alan, and Matt. How are you guys? Welcome to the show. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. doing good. Yeah, Indeed, thanks. thanks. So uh, before we uh, before we dive in, um, John, Alan, and Matt, those are all those are all lies. Those aren't your actual names. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's let's dive into this Super real names. quick pseudonyms you guys are uh you guys are running on um you know an anonymous behind the project basically why let's start off with that why why the uh why the secrecy here why what's going on <laughs> well i can jump in and just give a definition of it i mean this the sound mind creative group it's a production collaborative that we've established for creatives uh who want to wish who want to retain a level of privacy um, including ourselves, um, because we want to we want to have a platform so we can f- freely create without the fear of the uh, harmful pushback of the cancel culture that we all have heard so much about these days. And um, I mean, generally speaking, all of us embrace uh, freedom of expression. Uh, science is a process, not a doctrine. Human flourishing beyond um, human fl- flourishing, but was it by honoring uh, individual rights? And, uh, and we also are firm believers in the art of storytelling as a central tool in understanding and sharing truth. So that really brought uh, us together. And we felt if we formed this group, it would give us a platform to, to, to develop some, some projects that we feel uh, we want to create, but also invite more creatives and more filmmakers to work with us who, who would enjoy uh, putting a premium on privacy. Yeah, I think that's well well said. I'll just add I'll just add a little bit too on that that uh basically uh, you know, we all we all kind of kind of work in the industry and I, you know, me personally I can speak a little bit. I've I've always kind of wanted to do different projects like this and I've always been hesitant mainly because of other clients and other work I'm doing and and concern about, you know, um, my, you know, retaining my livelihood, um, creating any kind of conflict or controversy there with, with other clients. And then as well as, you know, especially the last year with increase in, in riots and, and, you know, doxing and, and crazy stuff like that, of course, you know, as far as the safety of my family and that kind of thing is another aspect. So going into controversial topics such as this, that's, that can tend to be, there can be some, some people, that can be pretty heated about it. Um, that, that you know, that's where when this came up, we we decided to go about this way, and we thought, well, you know, like like uh, Alan mentioned too, that that there might be the possibility of ha- bringing others in that feel the same way as us that want to put creative energies towards something like this, but uh, are 
hesitant because of the cancel culture, because of the concerns there. And I think the, the shocking aspect of all of this is that we need to do this for a, a matter of public health debate and public policy debate. Um, I, you know, a year ago, if you had asked me if this would have been necessary, I would have said, you're crazy. There's no way in America this would be necessary. I mean, certainly I've experienced as somebody with heterodox viewpoints in the entertainment industry, a, a need to kind of be quiet about those. But uh, I was pretty vocal on Facebook about my opposition to some of these policies early on. And I found that uh, I just got piled on by by the opposition and it became pointless to even post anything that was evidence-based that that was contrary to the mainstream narrative so it, it's kind of the the culture of the entertainment industry plus the the hotness of this issue that is that has prompted us to uh retain our anonymity yeah i was gonna say for for you guys uh, and the industry you guys really are outliers it's like i don't know what it is about about the whole you know filmmaking business the even documentarians that if you don't fall in line with this line of thinking you're the outcast guys and and they will do everything in their power to kind of like keep you not only keep you out of the business but ruin you entirely and i can definitely see this this angle of well i don't want to get involved in this because i've got a family i've got a personal life i've got jobs i've got things on the table and i don't want them affected i don't think it's unreasonable to want that kind of you know thing especially in this world you guys you guys have already mentioned it uh, uh doxing online uh internet mobs all the all this crazy stuff that goes on in the world just for having either a difference of opinion or just even looking a different way at something and it's like you're in the crosshairs yeah, and it, well, it's all about putting people back on their heels, I suppose. Because I mean, normally when you develop a film, it's a, it's a relatively private. You know, it's it, there's intellectual property. You have you put together a team. It's it's you you do it behind the scenes. Now with the modern era of, of modern media, where you know you, you are your own brand and you're trying to raise funds around it, it's sort of we, obviously there's a little bit of a you know you're like oh well, here's what we're doing and here's who we are and here's how you could very easily just um, um, do very simple things to 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 uh, make it kind of put a put a roadblock in in terms of just just the idea of if someone has, is, starts harassing you then that's a distraction and that's and that's an emotional distraction it's a professional distraction we don't want to and we feel that that's that's a very unfortunate reality that has become the norm with the online mobs as it were um but also within the hollywood industry it's always been i mean la southern california there's a severe problem of groupthink and then within that, you have the film industry, which has always been very subtle. Like there, no one ever says no there. The, the worst you ever hear is, I liked it, I didn't love it. That usually means a hard pass on your project. And, uh, and, then, and then over the years, I always found that most of my stuff was always like, oh, it's too, your stuff's too smart. <laughs> and, you know, and I would try to make these kind of very politically neutral or, 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 or sort of more insightful, uh, politically complex projects. And, and the no was always, oh, it's, it's too smart. It's way too smart. But I mean, I think I think that was probably the hard no. on like, yeah, no, this is not in this is not comply with groupthink, I think is probably how best to interpret that kind of those types of notes. And that's and that's just uh, and that's been the reality of the, the Hollywood scene for a long, long, long time. And now in this age, things are so much more extreme. We just felt it was uh, we, we would experiment with this with this uh, 
Sound Mind Creative Group as a, a way to express ourselves freely. Gotcha. Gotcha. So is yeah. this is this um is this Sound Mind Creative Group? Is this the inception of it? Is this like the first steps of this group or what what is as you have you guys done anything prior under this name or have you just had prior experience in in the industry doing other projects yeah we we've never uh done anything under this name this is the the beginning of that we have collaborated together on other projects and uh between our core group uh we have worked for decades in the in the entertainment industry um we have in our group we have uh, director, editor, screenwriter, composer, music supervisor, broadcast journalist, uh, and we're reaching out to some some other people and and uh, aiming to bring them in as well. We're looking for uh, uh, some you know uh, line producers, animators, uh, and we we have people that that we're already in touch with about that. Um, and we we really have worked on all all kinds of media um, from feature films to documentaries to commercials to uh, web series basically any any kind of media one of us at least has been involved in in doing those over the decades of our life in the entertainment industry all right well yeah so this is the first steps then under the sound mind creative group so it's called Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty. That's the project that you guys are referring to right now. Yeah, that's our, that's our mm -hmm. first project. That's the initial project. Um, Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty. It's, it's a two-phase project. We, we're making a feature film, in effect, uh, essentially. But we also want to get a, out a rapid turnaround 20 to half, uh, 20 minute, 30 minute piece where we really focus on the numbers and the data uh, surrounding the lockdowns and and get a, a series of uh, uh, scientific minds into that. Uh, just I'll just jump in quickly and say like our, our we're actually having pretty very good response to it so far. We've already raised about $72,000 on our fundraiser.com page. That's um, just to do the quick thing. It's fundraiser, which is R-A-Z-R, fundraiser.com forward slash follow the science. Is our is where we're raising funds for the films, and uh, and it's part of the reason why we're here today. We're we're helping we're, we're promoting the film and looking to raise funds for it and 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 reaching out to people who want to see this film made, and um, yeah, it's uh it's 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 our first major endeavor, and what we want to do is release the first phase of the film uh, come the fall, and then have the feature done um, a year from now. Okay, all right. <clears throat> And I'd follow up on that by by saying, you know, the the three of us really see this as as a critical project. It's it's uh, it's not just an a topic that interests us um, and, and a story that we feel like we need to make. It's it's something that we believe is critical at this point in history, uh, if for nothing else to get it out there on the record to say, exactly, uh, yeah. you know, it here's an alternative viewpoint on what the mainstream narrative has been. Um, and uh, I mean, beyond that, beyond just getting it on the record, we, we hope that it will appeal to a wide enough audience that it might arm people with information where they can push back against these kinds of policies that, that have uh, been so destructive for so many people across the world. 
Um, so it, we, we see it as, as something that has to get made and has to get out there. Yeah, I think in following up on that point, I mean, as far as wide appeal, I mean, that that's that's been as we've been developing this, it's and, and consulting with others as as we're deciding on sort of direction on this is we're very carefully trying to craft the tone of of the film that that especially the feature in particular next year, which which would have, you know, as as uh, John kind of mentioned, uh, maybe like a retrospective um kind of perspective, kind of looking back at what, what, what happened, what was done, what was done wrong, what, what could have been done better. And so we could learn from it, you know, not to repeat history in the future and that kind of thing. Um, so to have that kind of quality, but, but I think, you know, we want to play it in a way that, that the, the perspective is, you know, we're going to play it very carefully because we want the widest appeal possible. So we're not going to go down too many rabbit holes or into speculation too far or any kind of conspiracy theory. We're really going to try to stick to the science very specifically. I mean, ultimately, I mean, a good litmus test might be if, if we could get it distributed on some kind of a mainstream platform next year, the feature, maybe like Netflix or something like that. If we can play the line just so that it, it it has a shot at that, you know, that that would be a big win that would get it the most eyeballs on it possible, you know, and, and we'll still get pushback, I'm sure. But, you know, at least, you know, and maybe in next year, the timing of next year might, you know, hopefully enough people will have calmed down by then that, you know, there's a chance at that. So. Yeah, and that's actually that's actually uh, another point that I wanted to play off of Matt that you brought up is that uh, as we can see, uh, the CDC came out about uh, I think it was two weeks ago now or a week ago about uh, how the mask mandates are going away for those who have been quote unquote fully vaccinated, and now mm -hmm. it's the question of how are places are are places going to really be asking people for those vaccine cards or people are people really going to be checking those at doors at public mm -hmm. events and stuff or are people just mm -hmm. going to be like oh they're not wearing a mask and i'm not paranoid and i'm not going to harp on that person now i know how i think i know how i've seen in the world that you know we've seen a lot of crazy things uh i'm i'm willing to bet that there's a lot of people in the public who are still going to be uh sticklers over masks for a little bit even though the cdc has come out and put out what they've said and they've said it contradictory to things that they've said before now we now we get lines about how the science has evolved rather than you know the science is settled or something in comparison so do you guys feel like this work has just increasingly become doubly important now because we're in this position where a lot of people might just get uh, full nosedive into you know going back to somewhat normal and forgetting about the last you know year and a half that has been chaotic in their lives and, and they're just going to be happy that they can go out and do things and and this is another one of those moments in history where people truly forget unless they're reminded unless they're really pressed to think outside of that uh, uh, group think box yeah, I think that that's certainly a concern is that that uh, as we move toward the summer and and mask mandates start to drop away, lockdowns start to drop away, people are going to be very excited to get back to normal. And I think they're going to be encouraged to forget. But the the uh, the reality is the politicians now have seen 
how easily people will just give up their rights if enough fear is injected into the into the narrative and into the media and uh part of our motivation to do the short form version and have it released in the fall is that our concern is that there might be a resurgence of cases in the fall and then a return to these kinds of policies so uh, we we see the short form version as a possible antidote to that. And another piece of the entire project is that we we want to tell the stories of people whose lives have been adversely affected by these policies uh, to to really get them out there because um, those have been massively underreported and uh, and there are there are really compelling stories uh, that that should be weighed in the balance against the the impacts of COVID itself. And and hopefully getting those stories out there will will uh, resuscitate people's concern and interest about the matter that that might have gone a bit dormant. Well, and I'll add too, like in, in terms of narrative, um, well, A, we also invite people, uh, Another another site to push is that we're inviting people to submit their stories because we want to actually co collect those stories as part of our development process. So at our, our, our actual uh, URL at our website of sound soundmindcreativegroup.com, there's a portal there to, for people to to share their story with us, and we're, we're we're asking for stories to to build on that. And we're we're looking for we we understand that there were so many instances of people not receiving critical medical care for all the other diseases and medical issues in the world. And then so much lost time uh, from children and students and, uh, um, and and all sorts of folks who had dreams of various sorts and then all, all got put on hold. Um, all kinds of suffering because of, of, of the, I mean, the psychological ramifications of being isolated for a year. We're going to be unpacking that for, for, for years to come. And, and yet we had this narrative of this mainstream political narrative that that just did never quite rung. For me, it was very intuitive where it was just like, it just never quite rang truthful it just was like just repeat it repeat it repeat it and and convince people that they were doing the right thing by giving up their rights now to to your earlier point about will people this summer think oh wow i know what freedom feels like now because i'm out perhaps that's that that's i would hope for that but i think that the psychological grooming of getting people used to being told what to do as combined with a sort of systematic uh, fear-based uh, culture of shunning and shaming, I think is, is very much ingrained in the popular psyche. And it's gonna take a lot to, to, to unpack that and uh, push back against it. And that's part of the reason we wanna get this narrative in there as part of the historical record at the very least to say, look, there's, we, th there, this, this isn't, the way we need to be as a culture. I think shunning and shaming is not something we want to have as, as a mainstream way of, of implementing policy. And uh, and that's that's a big part of what our film represents, pushing back against that. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll just add a little bit to that. I mean, it, it I you know, this psychological grooming, I mean, it, a lot of it as was kind of brought up, I mean, feels feels to me anyways, it's, it's certainly fear as a catalyst into sort of pushing so many people into almost uh, sort of a mass psychosis, you know, delusional thinking. And, and yeah, I think if we can craft this in a way that we can try to 
be um, compassionate to that fact and and not ridicule those who we feel might actually be victims of of sort of the psychological grooming and and you know and of course I think you know an, an element of the film you know we've been talking about a bit as well that we're going to try to find a way to integrate in there is is using humor a little bit and and ridicule especially of um, you know the the uh, quote unquote medical experts and such that that have kind of misguided and and pulled one over on a lot of people and use use humor in a way to kind of break down that fear in people and and hopefully you know we're we're still you know again still in development so we're you know these are the kinds of things we're thinking about and ways we're trying to figure out how we can craft this to to do that kind of thing but um, but yeah that's a little bit little bit more on that aspect okay no no I, I i love hearing that i love hearing that that that's the approach that you guys are going to take especially tapping into you know the real stories from from people um from individuals a lot of a lot of people uh went by the wayside businesses got you know crushed and no recovery in sight and you know my biggest thing during the whole thing is how uh, the government's solution to, hey, we're going to keep you at home and you can't go to work or anything is we're going to cut these checks every every quarter or so. We're going to debate how much money we should give you that'll, that'll help you get by, uh, despite the fact that we've completely taken livelihoods away from you. Uh, mm-hmm. Like th- that aspect of, hey, we're still trying to take care of you, um, even though we've basically turned virtually every right that you have into a privilege that we can grant and take away and turn on and off with a switch. Uh, so in your guys' development of this is obviously you've had to look at, uh, it's a worldwide event. Is there any places in particular outside of the United States where you guys have been like, look, this is stuff that, uh, that wasn't extreme. That was more open. That was more honest. Uh, and that handled it better than we did in the United States. Well, certainly Sweden is is an example of of a country uh, uh, from our experience with the data, looking at the data. um, It it seems that their results were no worse than neighboring countries. Uh, I I, I believe there there's been some debate about uh, about Denmark um, and maybe Finland. Um, But, you know, a, a point that that's been important to make about the data is that even even if Sweden was a little bit worse than its neighboring countries, uh, that's not enough. A little bit worse is not enough to justify the draconian uh, policies that that have devastating consequences. It would have to be a whole lot worse in order to to justify those kinds of policies, at least on a practical level. I mean, I'm not even sure they could be justified then yeah. um, on an individual rights level, but. Um, so, you know, that's that's part of the issue is looking at the data and seeing was there a substantial difference and there wasn't uh, with Sweden. So that that's certainly one I think we'll probably bring up, even though our our project is going to be largely focused on America and American policies. Gotcha. And also and looking at the, the narrative, the, the language used, I mean, where. They only reported when 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 a, when a country such as Sweden was was more hands off, they were hammered uh, whenever anything went wrong. But if anything if anything went was went went well there, there was you know crickets. There'd be nothing about it. Um, and then anytime 
I mean, there, when the the lockdown measures, it was sort of it was always kind of sold as out of an abundance of caution. And I mostly also saw like the weaponization of these terms, like an, out of an abundance of, cof- of caution, we're going to remove your ability to work, leave your home, socially congregate, do live your life, live live in a state of freedom. And part of that is is the way that that, that it was almost like the weapon weaponization of empathy, where they would make you emotionally feel bad about it. So we want to look at the language used, the sin of omission, what they covered, how they covered it, when they covered it, when they didn't cover it. We just we we could see the patterns there, and so we think doing a little comparing and contrasting. I mean, was it the uh, John? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it was it the Czech Republic? Was they were the ones who, they were sort of bragging because they went so draconian, and then then they had a spike just like everybody else did. In terms of the lockdown right. measures, so so you had, you had they were like, oh yes, we we have complete compliance, hundred percent compliance, and we're we're safe and sound. And their spike matched everyone else's spike, in fact, and and in every way. And it was as if the lockdown measures didn't even exist. And yet, you see, you heard nothing about that in the news. And that's the kind of thing we just want to we want to shine a light on. We we should mention that uh, we're we're working with a number of people on this project, uh, both in the research aspect and that will probably be uh, interview subjects and and uh, collaborating with us on this. Uh, we've been in touch with Nick Hudson at, at Panda, who's doing just amazing work at really collating the data, getting it out there and, and making the case for why these policies were not justified. Um, and we're also, uh, we've been in touch with the uh, the Twitter handle Ian MSC, who's been doing amazing charts, uh, pairwise comparisons of of different states and uh, different countries, that that really has informed our understanding of these issues. So a lot of the data that you guys have been focusing on is. Um... Uh, a lot of the data that you guys have been focusing on is, is also on how these policies put into place haven't had a, a truly effective impact is, is what I'm getting, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick Hudson uh, that I just mentioned from Panda makes the, makes the claim that there's no impact. That if you, if you, if you zoom out and look across uh, various states and various countries um, there's no positive impact. He actually makes the case that there there may even be some negative impact from these policies, uh, and we can go into the science of why that might be true. But that there are there are certain places where the data shows that it's that lockdowns and mask ma- mandates have actually made things worse, not better. Yeah, and Amazing. that yeah that might you know and I, I, unless we have anything uh, you know more specific as far as reasons why we may or may not go into that. I mean, we have our speculations, of course. Um, there's, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean, just looking at basic immune system functionality and ef- effect of stress and fear and isolation on an immune system can do. So, but I, you know, as far as in the documentary, whether we go into any of that, um, it's just going to depend if we find, if we uncover more science that really backs that up, then, then that may be in there. But, uh, but in any case, I mean, the, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, most people that know a little bit about statistics, you know, correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, but a lack of correlation, um, certainly means there is no 
causation connection there. And, and that's what we're seeing. Um, that's what the data is showing, really. Um, and that's, it's not just the lockdowns, um, although that's probably the more drastic thing. I mean, even with the mask mandates, too, which, which we'll get, we will get into masks as well in this documentary. Now, you know, and you brought up earlier about the vaccines. You know, we've, we've talked about that a little bit. I mean, I think we want to stay a little more focused on, on the year 2020 in particular and lockdowns and masks. Now, you know, perhaps uh, a follow-up uh, documentary could be something on the vaccines, depending on how that evolves over the next year. Um, hopefully, hopefully we don't need to make that documentary, but, um, you know, in either case, I mean, I'm sure it'll be brought up uh, in the documentary a little bit anyways. Um, but that's another, another thing. It's almost a whole nother ball game. I, I really hope that you guys wouldn't have to make one on the vaccine. I, I just, I have, I have this feeling in my gut where I'm like, I don't think this is over yet. Um, mm-hmm. speaking on this, one of the, I think one of the last, uh, focuses I wanted to bring up on this is that, uh, obviously you guys must be looking at, uh, how government and media kind of walked in lockstep on this. I mean, and it's still happening as we speak. I think, I think it was a couple of days ago, the LA times came out with a, a big article about, yes, the lockdowns worked and, you know, and it didn't have any negative economic impact. And I'm like, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Hold it's on. Pure hyperbole. Right. I mean, there's never question always, always champion. I mean, it, it, I agree. It's just sort of this nonstop repetitive messaging. It doesn't seem to be tethered to reality. So do you guys, are you guys looking at that as in like, you know, obviously this is just, this is like propaganda, straight up tried and true. Don't question, don't question the bosses. Don't question the guys in the hot seats because obviously they would never do anything wrong for us. They, they would never do anything nefarious either. And, and anybody who would question it getting labeled, you know, a conspiracy theorist, uh, trying to throw you in the same category as a, as somebody wearing a tinfoil hat or something. That's obviously a little bit dangerous. So are you guys focusing on, um, are you guys focusing or having angles on how the media has covered these events and what they've chosen to focus on and what they've chosen to ignore entirely? Yeah. I mean, I think if the, you know, in particular, if the data, shows something that's contradictory to what they're saying there there will be probably quite a bit of that in the documentary in particular um that i mean it's going to be a little tricky because yeah like you said i mean it is you know we're we're kind of um you know pulling the sheet over the as far as that like it's just a little uh tricky but we'll you know I mean, I think if we can really be sure we're strong on the science and the data on that side of it, that's, that's you know, in, in both not just having that indicate the conclusions, but also just in the presentation, how, how it's presented and how that unfolds in the timeline and of the actual film itself, um, that's going to be critical. So we're going to be careful about that. Well, and just returning to like normal journalistic integrity of asking questions of all sides looking for uh, uh, proof and evidence of the claims. And it just seems as if the, the, the political narrative and the, and the media, the mainstream media narratives just really, you never heard, you never heard the open debate. Anyone asked a simple question and it would be, they'd be the first ones to condemn it as radical 
and and going down the rabbit hole and utilizing all these i would you know i there certainly are plenty of cranks in the world but these are people who are there are also these are people who see like there are gaps in this narrative there are there are omissions that are obvious some people want to pull together things that they know that may seem a little disparate to pull together and and it starts to sound a little weird and then and that's been categorized as as sort of the conspiracy theorists uh conspiracy theorists sort of uh, phenomena, if you will. However, good rational debate and doubt, and 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 the scientific method of asking questions has all been is getting is getting ca uh, uh, cast into that same pit by anyone who has a uh, who wants to maintain the status quo of their of their control and message. And you know, trying to separate those is is an important part of what we're doing. And saying, look, we just want to ask these questions. We want to cast the doubt appropriately. We we want to give space to those scientists and and those uh, analysts and and talking heads and and frankly, uh, citizens and individuals who had stories that contradicted all of this and give them their due without them being um, slandered and libeled for for disagreeing with the mainstream views and, That's and the politicians in power. That's an important reason why why we've chosen to title it "Follow the Science" because that's a bromide that has has been uh, pummeled and used as a form of of uh, um, cl clamping down on scientific dissent against the mainstream narrative, and and to our mind, that's not science at all. That's that's the political abuse of of uh, people's adoration of science and uh you know I, there, there's a uh author named matthew crawford and i think other people have used this term too it that's more scientism than it is the scientific method it's it's uh putting science up on a pedestal and scientific conclusions up on a pedestal and assuming that they they are hardened and that they're doctrine and our perspective very much is that science is a process especially with something that has so many unknown variables uh, like COVID. Um, you know, there are a lot of questions that need to be asked in order to act to come to a real understanding of what's going on. And so part of the, the longer form project will really be looking at what it means to practice science and what it means for um, politicians to insert themselves into the scientific process, which, which to my mind is something quite dangerous. And, and even these claims of, of that it, this is a, uh... This is a public health issue, not a civil liberties issue, where, where it's even the denial of the civil liberties as an issue at all, because the, this idea of it being a public health issue trumps that somehow so entirely that it's not allowed to be brought up. I mean, that's the kind of thing we're like, well, that doesn't, no, these, these are all viable things to bring into the idea of, of what it is to take risks and responsibility and what sort of policies we expect from the leaders of our country. No, absolutely. We yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go yeah, on. no, I was just going to say we should mention that uh, on the fundraiser page, uh, which again is uh, fundraiser.com uh, slash follow the science razor spelled R-A-Z-R. Uh, there's a five minute trailer where, where uh, you can get a sense of what we're going for with the documentary. It, it's not necessarily the tone that we'll take with either project, um, but it, it was a good way to, to kind of preemptively put put some material together that we think is critical to the story we're, we're attempting to uh, tell. 
and there's a full breakdown of, of our process of uh, of our, our team in general terms, as well as the fact that we want to do this. Just we have a phase one in the short form. We're actually ra raising the initial hundred thousand dollars for that to get the the the, the twenty to thirty minute short out, which will uh, then lead to the feature film. Um, which we're right now we're asking we're in the we're we're we're, we're shooting for about the half million dollar range. Uh, we have a three hundred thousand dollar goal initially to get a, a firm foundation for the feature film going, and we're actually going for uh, uh, half million for the project and then beyond for our marketing budget after that. So we if all that information is on the websites there, and then also just the. Sound, uh, soundmindcreativegroup.com is where we're asking for people to submit their stories. We'd love to hear stories of anyone's discrete stories of their experiences of uh, what the lockdowns did to them and uh, e either in terms of their health, in terms of their business, in terms of their lifestyle, in terms of, of uh, you know, what it is to lose their freedoms and, and, and have to fight for them and have that fall on uh, pretty deaf ears across the board as, as far as we can tell in terms of the mainstream. Just to follow up on that, too, I, I think there, there might be people who here were trying to raise a half million dollars to make a documentary and be like, what? That's that's an insane amount of money. Aren't people making documentaries for fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars now? Um, and, uh, you know, our our philosophy on this project from the beginning has been that this is such a critical issue that it needs to be made well. And being made well means bringing the right talent on. Uh, having the, the right research involved, um, having people whose faces are in the documentary who really represent it well. And all of those things uh, cost money. Having uh, the graphics animated in a way that's very accessible. Um, and we, we don't want to compromise on the quality of this because we, we want it to stand out there in contrast to um, many of the, the very well-made documentaries that get a lot of visible attention. Um, we don't want it to be a flash in the pan that is going to be easily dismissed as, as you know, right-wing propaganda or what, whatever it might be labeled as. Um, so th that, that's, that's been our, our thinking on the budget on this. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I, was, I was getting ready to wrap up and tell you guys to share the links. I think you already did. So in conclusion with that, though, um, because I mean, we went over a, a, a host of different topics. Was there, was there anything in particular that I, that I didn't bring up that you guys want to throw out there before we conclude this? Or, or is this like, is this good enough? It's a big project. You expect a lot more to be going on and then and uh and inviting people to come and contribute as best that they can yeah i mean i'll just add in too you know it was already brought up about people submitting stories as well um from the site and and of course obviously donating to to the uh the fundraiser the crowdfunding but um additionally to anyone that that wants to just contact us maybe they just want to help in any other kind of way um, you know, have uh, different skills, whether it's creative skills, uh, you know, I mean, we're going to be looking for crew and such and or, or even just from a research perspective or anything, anyone that might have some other insights, they can certainly reach us as well. Um, there, our email should be on the um, soundmindcreativegroup.com website um, there. And, you, you know, we have a Proton Mail. Um, it's uh, soundmindcreativegroup at protonmail.com. Um, so anyone can... Uh, just reach out if you have any questions or want to contribute in other ways as well. So, I'd also mention that uh, an aspect of what we're attempting to do with this is is to kind of crowdsource um, both the stories, but 
but also uh, one of the couple of the perks uh, for people that donate is to become a part of our communities of kind of advisors on the film. Um, you know, we, we want to get people's feedback as we go along. Um, so we'll, at a certain level, I, I believe it's the $500 level, we'll be inviting people into a community to see uh, different aspects of our, our early cuts of the film, get, get feedback, provide uh, information and help us along the process. So we certainly welcome people to to join us along this journey. And, uh, and you know, we, we see this as as a lifeline and, and we hope that people will get behind it in that way, that we, we really want this project to whatever degree is possible, impact the debate about these about these issues and and stand up for the rights of people and the right for people to, to live a life according to their values and their assessment of the risks rather than uh, top-down conclusions about that stuff. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say too, in terms of the reason we're making this film, it's so important to capture, we, we've all just lived through a piece of history, a major transitional piece of history. And it is so very important to make a proper film that captures the wisdom of it. Now, sometimes it's like, oh, we'll just get the knowledge out there, get the data out there. Or it's like, oh, just have the emotions and that'll, that'll capture people. But we really need to link those two. When you marry knowledge and wisdom, or knowledge and, 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 and uh, emotion, uh, you, you, you really do capture wisdom and the wisdom is what we want to pass along and and the wisdom is for, will be the basis for sh creating a new narrative a new uh, way of talking about this so that, that we can all sort of unify as to where what are the talking points that were used against us how do we how, how do we talk about them in a way that we don't fall into the linguistical traps that are all too common today and 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 have something a resource that we can all fall back on like look this is and and, and all the documentaries that are sure be coming out soon about this topic like if they all sort of start to unify around a way of conceiving of it and a way of passing on the wisdom and a way of talking about it we i think we have a chance of really shifting the conversation in a way that's beneficial to those who see freedom of expression to be paramount to our existence as as free thinking individuals and so we really and 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 as such i mean we have we Tens of millions of dollars are spent every day in the mainstream media to get us to talk about it a certain way. And we're hoping that our humble film will be part of the, the effort to push back against that. So we, we appreciate that your listeners uh, gave us their time and uh, listening today. And, and, you know, we ask for your support or if anything, your eyeballs to watch it when it's done. So appreciate it. Uh, awesome. John, Alan, Matt, I thank you guys for uh, for coming on, even though that's not your real names. I still appreciate and, and <laughs> yeah. for, for you guys to come down and break that down for us. Uh, I'll be keeping my eyes peeled on this. I'll reach out to you guys when it's closer to launch time, maybe have you back on and we can talk about uh, uh, your full on experience and get ready for launching it, too. But but thank you guys for your time for the Soundmind Creative Group. All Thank the uh, all the all the information we went over, all the links, uh, contact emails, all that. I'm going to put that in the show notes for you guys uh, listening and watching out there for easy access. And uh, guys, really do appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Fritz Cast. Thanks, Fritz. All right, thank you. Thanks, Fritz. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, guys, that was Sound Mind Creative Group on FritzCast. Great group of guys to come on and talk about this project that they're doing. And uh, even though the links are below, I'm going to throw them out right here, right now, verbally for you. Uh, so you can type them up and do what you got to do, but you can just click them below for real, for real. 
Uh, so donating their crowdfunding site is fundraiser, F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R.com slash follow the science. Uh, their website is soundmindcreativegroup.com, uh, where you can also tell them your pandemic story if you have someone to, to tell. Uh, they're accepting cryptocurrency donations as well, and they've raised over $72,000 uh, of a half a million goal, as you heard them discuss um, in the interview. Uh, so uh, you can also reach out to these guys via email, soundmindcreativegroup at protonmail.com. Uh, and I implore you to do so. And, and guys, if you liked the content of this episode, as always, uh, share it. Share it. It's the easiest, cheapest thing you can do. Click the share button. Put it on your Twitter, your Facebook. Tell your friends, your family. Share it with your groups and organizations as well. Throw it out there and uh, mm -hmm. and try to branch that out and, and get these guys the attention that I believe that they deserve. Absolutely. As, as for me... If you want to follow me, Twitter is at FritzQS, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast, FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. And the website is FritzCast.webnode.com. As always, it's been real. I'm glad that you guys came this week. It was a great episode, great jam-packed uh, interview with uh, three great individuals working on this project. And next week, I have returning... To the podcast, Spike Cohen, ahead of Liberty Speaks for Delaware, which is in two weeks, beginning of June, uh, and then the Delaware Libertarian Party Convention, which I will be in attendance at, uh, which maybe I'll have some goodies for you for that, uh, just just to cover that and share that out, what we're doing here in Delaware. Uh, in the meantime, guys, remember, I love you, and I'll see you next week with Spike Cohen. Mm -hmm.